0: Welcome to the soccer podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian. And this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. What's up? What's up. We got a new title. <clears throat> it's a Father's Day episode. I'm not a father. You're not, but it's a Father's Day episode. I'm not. I'm not the father. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you that. going I'm not to a
1: father? And I'm so not. The we
0: father. we will give everybody a little sneak peek. We haven't recorded our interview that's supposed to be happening in a little bit. Uh, are you going to run the interview? Well, I mean, I can, I guess. <laughs> so much for being prepared. Um. So, uh, so wait, you have a new title. What's your new title?
1: All-time winningest head coach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're the winningest head coach of uh, the Diamonds? Yeah, want to know. Want to know. All right. Yeah, I mean, myself. Yeah, that's, that's better than that's better than the other head coach that's what i'm saying and i retired right after i mean you're technically listed as the associate head coach you've been always been the associate head coach of the diamonds but i've never been the head guy no you haven't because you haven't done all the paperwork and stuff like that i have to do all that that's why you can, that's why i
1: retired that's paperwork. what I'm saying.
0: Like you, you trying to get all the paperwork and stuff like that. Do no, that login, and then you, you and I, I probably don't... didn't
1: even turn in all the right paperwork.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna get we're gonna get technically a forfeit if we if we don't. I think it's on the website by now. It is. I think so. I think we're one and zero. So it's good. Yeah. One and zero, and then there's
1: uh obviously a recording of the video. So yeah, that's true.
0: They know what they saw. So the Diamonds won their first game, won nothing against Coppermine. What, what a thrilling afternoon that was for me when I got the the text message that said, uh, "You won." Got that dub. Yeah, it was really, it was actually really, really happy. I was really happy. What a nerve
1: wracking forty four minutes for me.
0: I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, you scored. You scored in the first minute, of the second half, and then now you're like, ah,
1: <laughs> it's like, man, this is gonna be a long forty four minutes. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then when the ref added a minute of stoppage time that was the longest minute and 40 seconds of my life but hey they performed well they competed you know I was very kind of blunt I guess you know hey compete work hard um and I had time you know it was like hey we're neck and neck I was like it's all about you know minimizing where you make the mistake and forcing the other team to make a mistake and just compete
0: compete it's one it's one heck of a halftime speech there because forty four seconds later, <laughs> boom. Well, it was a.
1: I mean, it was cool. We got to walk to the locker room. Yeah. Um. And then it was like I brought I had brought my little whiteboard out, but then they had this big whiteboard in the locker room. Yeah. So there there were some tactics involved in it where where to look to penetrate the space. But so you walked to the <clears throat> to the locker room at halftime. Yeah. Fifty Fifteen by really at halftime professional.
0: Huh?
1: 15 minute halftime. half time 15 minute a half time oh, i felt really professional walking to the locker room because it was just like uh just like you see in the professional games like everybody just like you don't wait for anybody you just walk to the locker room yeah yeah, yeah. okay so i was just walking to the locker room that's cool Came yeah. in, boom no fiery speeches though other team is next door so if you have like a fiery speech they're all gonna be like <laughs> I did hear some like yelling next door.
0: Yeah. Um that's good. I'm I'm super happy. Um obviously congratulations to Alexa Pacheco for scoring the first goal of the season. With the shoe two sizes too big. That's right. And it's like a fairy tale story, man. We are against just our old club. Against our old club. It doesn't get any better. It just doesn't write itself. It writes it doesn't write itself. It it but it happened, which is great. Um and we had the keystone tomorrow. Longest trip of the year. Longest trip of the year. Yeah, three years in a row. Longest trip of the year. Uh, I've always thought about getting my pilot's license to go up there so I could just fly. Yeah, the upside, the upside, the upside to the Keystone trip this early in the season is that we still have four games afterwards, and we get a two-week break after this game to to kind of fine-tune some stuff towards the second half of the season. So I'm I'm excited for that part. Word. I didn't know we had a I didn't know the break was two weeks. So I'm about to go on vacation. <laughs> no man, we gotta we gotta continue it. We gotta keep going. Gotta keep it rolling.
1: I mean, we can keep um, it rolling, so, I'm gonna go on vacation.
0: So while you're while you were with the diamonds, I was at the ODP. So I had ODP this weekend. How was that? Were you in Jersey or were you in Pennsylvania? I was in Pennsylvania. I was with the younger with the younger teams. Um and by younger I mean you twelve and you thirteen girls. <laughs> um so super, super happy with the progress, the the 2011 girls, uh, including two 2012 girls. Um, uh, we went three now, um, played played really well, um, happy with, with the results and happy with the way they played and they adjusted and they, they got better throughout the weekend. Um, the last game was one of those weird games, though, because we went up three nothing within five minutes of the game. Um, Don't you hate that? well the tough part was like later like the, then the game settled in and then the second half we we got we conceded two goals really early on and it was kind of a tough like oh man, like we're, we're, this game to get tied and it's gonna be one of those games. but luckily we were scored two more goals and the game five to three but um but overall i you know it was um or sorry five to two but overall um really really fun atmosphere, really exciting um to see the players perform um in behalf of their state 2010 girls uh got a draw on two losses but ultimately scored scored some nice goals got better throughout the the games you know at those age groups it's it's really just a matter of relationships it's a matter of how quickly can you can you bond um it's a little bit tougher than when you're playing 99 um so um so it's not it's not the ability to score goals it's the ability to not concede goals at that age because it is you're talking about four different you're talking about four defenders and a goalkeeper that have never played with each other so that defensive structure that you sometimes you know a little bit of that team chemistry for it's a lot harder to find at that point um so so you end up with these like you know bigger score lines than they, than they really are but um it's yeah, communicate i mean for the kids they're younger
1: so they they don't they're not used to playing with other players as much as, like, older kids, where you're going yeah. into high school and playing with kids. And, you know, you have the opportunity to play on some of these, like, summer select teams, like yeah. College ID, like, where you're just popping in and you just pick up a jersey and play with these kids, right? It's new to them. They're like, oh, wait, this isn't my team. This isn't my coach. This isn't my environment. Like, it's kind of it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, but overall, overall, um, it was good stuff. Um, all right. Well, we. We uh we have an interview today. Uh we're interviewing um Mike and Fields. Um, and we're talking, talking about being a dad and being a soccer dad and or being a coach and a dad and what that looks like and all these other things. So uh we'll uh we'll dive into that. And Sebastian. Um, Duane, this is this is the one thing that I think since we started this podcast we potentially tried to do and for whatever reason, didn't do. Um, so over my soccer coaching career, um, I've gotten to meet a lot of people. One one person, um, I think, potentially is the defining, the person that defines my my drive to be a soccer coach to a certain extent or wanting to be a, a soccer coach or uh, wanting to be a soccer professional or call it whatever, whatever you want. Um, and that person happens to know another person that over the last three months I've gotten to spend basically every day with and, uh, and extremely enjoyed it. Um, so <laughs> the fact that they're both on the podcast here right now together, is it's pretty cool. Uh, you've gotten the chance to do, and you've gotten the chance to, to, to meet one of them and speak to the other one at length, uh, multiple times in the podcast and, um, so Fields and Mike are on the podcast together. Yo,
1: who's so- the best coach? I mean, let me start off. Who's the best coach on the podcast right now?
2: Fields Brown. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: <laughs> sounds like it's you and you and uh, Sebastian getting the team to the state tournament and winning championships and all those things. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fields, mean- do, do you remember a, a camp that we did at Concord Fire in the middle of the rain? One I of the best – one of the best coaching displays i i've i've ever seen it was it was amazing fields i will never forget that i think
1: mike i think mike was inside the building watching fields
2: coach that's why i was <laughs> <display>. <laughs> my favorite part of that was i think we got paid about 300 bucks for the weekend and i think i still my philosophy was i wasn't supposed to make 300 dollars that weekend so i didn't come home with 1 uh we <laughs> we extended we extended the trip another night coming back and Went to a nice dinner and hung out and yeah no it's uh i definitely remember that and i think that's a a testament to like what you get in this career for and the people you meet and the connections you have and it is a small world and sebastian said like moving to both of us moved to brand new places you know i guess it's about what eight years ago now right yeah Yeah. Yeah, so and it's cool that that's the connections you can make because someone that i you know i hadn't seen mike and three or four years before that probably, or actually I saw right before I left because you just had left NC State to go to Delaware. And um, it's cool how paths cross and it's cool how connections happen in, in this career. And it just goes to show the people you meet and the relationships that you're able to build and keep um, extending to other people. And I think that that is a testament to to the people that are on the call right now.
0: I, I will say that to answer Dwayne's question of like who the... I don't think we need to answer who the, the question of who the best coach is. I do think that this could be one of the best staffs. I think we all serve a, a specific role that that could be that could be really, really cool. Um, I think within it, um, we've all been head coaches at some point or one way or another. Uh, but I do think we could all I think we can all be pretty pretty self-aware of where our role should be. Um, I will, I will gladly take a assistant coach slash direct slash director of operations <laughs> job within the, I knew that, that
1: was coming goalkeepers.
0: No, no, no. My, I think Mike, Mike's got me beat on the goalkeepers. Uh, Mike, Mike's got me beat on the goalkeepers. Um, and I think it's just at, at that point it becomes, um, I think, I think Mike is, uh, really good on the tactical aspect of it and potentially the defending aspect of it. So we could almost have like a defensive line coach, which I know that that <laughs> battles with Dwayne uh a little bit. Um, I do think Fields' ability to manage uh a game and understand what the game needs, I think could be, could be really important there. It's not just a matter of who like, you know, um Fields in high school soccer in Delaware, we coaches have to go up for the for like right before the coin toss and you know prove that all their players are properly equipped and all that other stuff. Um now just a matter of who goes up to that. At that point, you know. Um wants that, that yellow card. Who, yeah, who not, gets the yellow card It's a, <laughs> a player that's enough shingards on the field? Who gets the I was, yellow? I was
2: gonna ask who's gonna take who's gonna fall on the sword and be the person that gets sent off. Um, so
0: yeah, I mean at this point, I think it's just a matter of here's the thing. I think all four of us have the ability to be really, really good assistant coaches. So I think I know the answer to the question. The question of who the head coach should be is Kelly.
2: <laughs> well, keep I'll, us pass, all in line, I'll pass right? that along to her. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it is true. Like, I mean, you, you do enough coaching and get around things, but it's about people too. Like, I mean, I think uh, if you had a group of those four, I think everyone is used to knowing what they do well and bring a certain skill. But I think also too, when no one cares or everyone everyone cares about what they're doing and not really caring about who's in charge. I think that's the part yeah. that's really unique. And I think having experience and doing assistant coaches is the best thing or being in a role that you're not in charge is so good to see, especially if you appreciate and can learn from the person that is in charge. So we've all had those years. So, So then we're definitely putting Kelly in charge, right? Yeah, Kelly's in charge. We'll <laughs> put Brittany as like team manager or something. So, <laughs> team you know, manager, perfect. She'll have everything ready for us. Yeah, <laughs> including, the, including including the staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about um, let's talk about being a dad. Um, and and Mike, you're you're a little bit more experienced than Fields and I in that in that regard. Just from a from a years perspective, uh, your boys are are older than them um than our two kids and my two kids and fields two kids. Um but what 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 did that experience bring on to you and how did that change
3: potentially the way you you approach coaching when you became a dad? Oh god. I, it changed everything. Um I'm a completely different person and a completely different coach now than I was before having kids. I, I think that there's just the natural at least for me, there was a natural almost like selfishness that went into what I was doing prior to having kids of, of the game was everything to me. And um I wanted to be the best for me. Um and I wanted to prove things to myself. Um and, and it was and I think it was healthy, right? Like it was it was a motivation that was healthy, but it was definitely it was me centric, right? Um, and then I had kids and and everything changed. Um, and you start to realize that, you know, one of the reasons why I want to be good at my job is because I wanted my boys to be proud of their dad. Um, I wanted them to understand what goes into being good at something. Like I wanted them to see that their dad worked really hard and that that's what goes into being successful at anything that you do. Um I wanted to give them a good life, right? Um, which I think kind of predicated my move to to Delaware was to get them closer to their grandparents. Um and everything just kind of became about them, which in turn can also be the hardest thing. I can tell I I can speak to that. Like when I lost my job at UD, um, the hardest part wasn't me losing my job. If it was only me that I was thinking about, then honestly I would have turned the page really quickly. Um it was the fact that i felt like i let them down um that that was the hardest part so um but from a from a sheer coaching perspective i became way more patient as a coach um probably cuz i was dealing with you know screaming boys every day at home um and i became you just start to see things through a different lens and you start to realize what really matters and and, and what doesn't and i think i started giving my players a a lot more grace um, and really focusing in more on the things that I thought were going to set them up for success in life versus what I thought could set them up for success within a given game. Uh, I really started focusing more on the macro stuff yeah, and, and less maybe on the micro stuff. And, and I think to be the best at what you do, I think you got to find that balance between those two things. Um, and maybe sometimes I focused a little bit too much on the macro and not enough on the micro, but, um, you know, there's no doubt that it had it's had a massive effect on on me, and and just simply from the fact that everything that I do on a daily basis is no longer just about me. It's things that you know my family is at is at the forefront of my decision making.
2: Fields, or by you? I mean, similar to what Mike said. I think before kids, it's funny. Yesterday was my uh, fifth wedding anniversary, and thought about yeah, where life's been in five years. It felt like it, uh, some people got off. All- slow to the race i feel like i've been in a constant sprint uh outside maybe the first year um but you know even then after a day after day and a half after getting married i was jumping on a plane and going to regionals you know and and taking a group out there and then spent. you know just kind of like mike said like maybe it's you you centric as a coach and i don't know necessarily from an ego standpoint i'm sure it's exactly what mike was saying was like it's more like that was your, that was your focus, right? Like, you know, that was what you put your time and effort into. And then I feel like the moment we kind of felt like we knew we were going to take that next step and we found out we were going to have a kid it was like, it completely changed what I valued almost instantly. Like, um, you know, you started to really realize that you've been working with kids uh, for years and years at different ages and stages of their life. But then, You got a chance now to like when you knew you were having a kid i think it completely changed what i valued in coaching and i think it also changed probably what i started to um really focus on Um, it wasn't putting together a session that i felt was going to be best it was making sure to maintain and, and develop relationships with players and understand that they're people and I think, you know, again, as Mike said, his move to to Delaware to get him him closer to his kids, closer to their family. I mean, for us, it was when we found out we had this opportunity to move here, Um, you know, Cammie had just been born and um, Kelly had just taken over running her own program. And uh, we were at a a point where we, you know, we're going to, we're really enjoying what we were doing, but I don't know if, uh, you know, I would get the time. I, I know I wouldn't get the time I have with my kids. And so, um, your decisions become different. I think as a coach, what you put your emphasis and time into what you're attentive to, I mean, things that you don't realize that, um, as a parent, like, you know, dealing with, and then you're able to pick up on, or maybe help with, or just, I think what Kelly says all the time, like, even with the preschool teachers or, um, the people that are doing the programs that we sign the kids up for, it's like, You don't realize the impact that those people have on kids. And I think for a long time you heard as a coach like the impact you do have. And you think, oh yeah, sure, whatever. You know, like, but then you don't realize it till I think you see your kid have those influences in their life. And so um I think it's a it's a different responsibility as a coach now. Um in my my time now and I'm not doing very much coaching, more administrative stuff, but uh the program I am working with is our rec program. And I think it's made me just like the word joy and about soccer, like I'm not teaching anything (laughs) and I'm certainly not, I don't know if I'm provided a ton of, uh, experience in the areas I've got experience in, but what I am there for, and what I really am happy about is the opportunity to be around kids and to be a positive light and a positive, you know, force, uh, in in the community and to be helping each individual that you can.
0: Yeah, I think I am gonna I'm gonna push back on the idea that that you're not that you're not initially coaching. I think I think regardless of the role that you're in, whether you're directly impacting the, you know, if you're directly the person putting the cones on the on the field to to you know to simplify it to a certain extent, or you're not, I think I think you fields in general, um I, I don't think you need to be on a soccer field to be able to impact people around you. Um I, I think I think you have the ability to make connections and um and connect with people and, and pass on your knowledge again whether you're um whether you're physically coaching or not right um you know i think if you can influence somebody else to potentially make a a decision that that is for the betterment of the kids then i think you're still that influence is still passed on so i think i think you need to give yourself a little more credit from that standpoint um because i think you're still doing that i think you know the upside the upside of me getting to know you in comparison to to mike where when i met mike mike already had kids and stuff like that so i never really got to see the the pre-kids mike to a certain extent you did Uh, but i did get to see pre pre pre-kids fields and and post-kids fields and um i will say that that it's one of those things where you look at it you it's 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 really cool to meet somebody to say um you know you're ready for, like you're, you're looking forward to the moment when to become a parent, right? You're, you're just looking forward for that moment. And I, and I know that that was my experience with you specifically. And, um, and I think in not everybody wants kids and that's perfectly fine. And that's, you know, that's acceptable. And those are conversations I've had with, with certain friends of mine that like, is I don't want kids. And I was like, yeah, good. That's good. It's good self-awareness. <laughs> you don't it's better to, it's better to the, to not want them and, and express that than not want them and have them <laughs> um, you know so you're you're doing a good job from that standpoint but but fields is the is i think is a person that that i was just looking forward to the point where when him and kelly um you know got you know were are lucky enough to have kids and they have two fantastic kids and um and i think with mike my my experience with you is and what i learned from you is the passion that you have for wanting to be around your kids all the time and and wanting to be a parent but also be like your kids like biggest supporter in any sort of way right like you talk about them playing football and things like that and and that's a that's a joy that's 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 really fun to have um so i wanna i wanna kick it off of fields and then we'll go with with uh with mike on this what is it like? uh as your kids start getting older now fields and they start experiencing activities or doing different things what is that like for you especially more for aiden since Cammy's a little bit younger but for aiden if he does start getting into activities or sports or things like that what is that going to be like or what is that already like for
2: you we just signed him up for this program it's like once a week for 45 minutes with a good friend of ours that runs you know, before five-year-old kind of kids programs in the summer. And she's a local uh, uh, PE teacher at the elementary school and she's great. And uh, watching <laughs> has been really good. Um, and I think it's good. It's cool. I think Kelly Kelly probably has a little more difficulty in maybe holding back a little bit with that. And I feel like for me, I've I really have, it, it's not subconscious. It's certainly conscious. That I have to make decisions of, what i say but like um it it makes me i'm happy to watch and and support him in what he does and honestly like um the soccer stuff it could be where he wants to go he's gonna obviously play given mom and dad are around it and we're in a small town and everybody pretty much plays here until a certain age but um he's also interested in some other sports which i think is also great um i know mike i see mike's kids playing football and other things and it's like man that's uh, to me, I think that'd be great because my dad didn't know much about soccer at all. And even though he is, is quick to tell you whatever he thinks about the game of soccer now after being <laughs> around it for some time, um, but being a kid that grew up as a, you know, a basketball tennis dad to a soccer kid, um, you know, it kind of makes me excited if you did choose something else, but I think there's a couple of things we've done. Actually, I decided to do it and Kelly supported it, it was like, when we walked to the field, He's got to carry his own stuff. So like he carries his water bottle, he carries his ball. Um, and then we make him go up and tell each coach when he's done, you know, give him a high five or knuckles or whatever and say thanks. And so I think there's certain things like that's my part of trying to be a dad at a of a young kid getting into sports is like trying to teach a little bit of those kind of things that um shows the value and appreciation. And he does the same thing at school and stuff, which is great. But um, it's something that i think i'll have a i will have aii want to be there to to watch him and i think you know what was the john o'sullivan thing we talked about like i really enjoyed watching you play today or whatever yeah. the comment he kind of makes right like and I, I, it feels really good to say that you know and to and to be there in that way um he was also the kid in the exercise you know supposed to be knocking the cones over with the ball and he decided he would start kicking the cones so Um, he's got a little bit of, uh, he's got a little bit of rebellion in him. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, Kelly and I've discussed that. I think I'd like to coach him as he got older. I think me coaching him at a younger age, we, we kind of butt heads anyway, but we're also best friends. So I think it's knowing that balance, but I, I certainly feel like it, it's been nice not to be in charge and it's been nice to kind of be a parent. And I think sometimes that's a hard role we have as, as coaches is I think that people think our kids are going to be the best players or they're going to be the most intense players and they play all the time. And it's like, I can't get my kid to kick a ball at all until he wants to be around other people that do it. Right. So I think, you know, it's being supportive, but it's not being overbearing and those are hard lessons, but I think it's also, when it's your kid, I think it's actually find it easier, like to be able to kind of take a step back and observe. So, yeah.
0: Um. Today, I went to Donuts with Dad or Dads or something like that at Ethan's Daycare um and he run popsicles this afternoon so oh nice there you
2: yeah. go that um, sounds better i would I i've been better so well well
0: two things happened. one um so they had the donuts in the hallway and you then you grab it and you go into the classroom ethan opened the box saw the donut he wanted and automatically tried to put it in his mouth and i was like hey man like let's get a plate or something like <laughs> he's literally <laughs> in the hallway trying to eat a donut <laughs> uh but but they did they, they have this booklet of like little things that he's done and stuff like that and prepares a gift. And one of the things that I thought was I thought was really funny is that uh that Ethan said he loved the fact that I taught him how to play soccer and stuff like that. Uh and Dwayne has been a witness of Ethan trying to has been a witness to Ethan trying to play soccer. Um because his girlfriend ran the that ran the program that he was that he was doing. And uh it, it I don't I don't know that Ethan plays soccer. <laughs> so he's, I'm not, a, he's he, an enforcer. He's the enforcer. <laughs> yes. Uh Ethan, Ethan does whatever he kind of wants as far as uh he's red I card think, waiting to happen. I think Ethan right now is built for uh for individual sports, not necessarily like team sports, <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh but um but yeah, I thought that was that was funny because it, it is basically that, right? Like I put on the TV and he already knows if I click on this one app, he's like, Oh, not soccer again. Uh, but apparently according to him, he loves the fact that I taught him how to play soccer. So um, but they do know who Messi is on the TV,
3: so that's that's a that's a win there. So, um, <laughs> Mike, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I've loved the most over the last few years has been watching Cooper and Easton play football, which is something that they that they really like to do. Um, and people would ask me all the time, you know, are they are they going to play soccer? And my answer is always the same. Like, I, I don't care what they play, you know, I don't care if they play chess or, um you know, Foursquare professionally, or maybe they'll be like on ESPN eight Diocho playing um you know Cornhole. I, I don't Oh yes.
0: <laughs> what was his name? What I forget his name.
2: name. I forget was, the guy's name. We, uh this came out last summer and that guy was playing. Yeah that guy yeah. was that guy was North good. Carolina. He was from North Carolina. He was, of yeah, course. You might, might
3: come across him. Mike. <laughs> might have,
2: you might have a protege for him to look. Tommy, into. Tommy, two fingers. There you go. Uh, <laughs>
3: um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've just really enjoyed watching them be in their own element, and I think it's funny. Like when, when you're in your house or when you're in your backyard with your kids and you're around them, that's an environment that, as a parent, you've created. Um, whether consciously or subconsciously, right? Like just how the kids act in your household. Um, But it's been really fun for me seeing them in an environment that I don't dictate. Um, You know, like being able to see them out playing in this football league that they play in, uh, which has been amazing. Um, And seeing how they react around other kids, how they react under somebody else's direction. Um, You know, that for me has been has been the best part about it. And I think honestly, you know, it's funny. I remember, I think it was Cooper's first year playing football with this league. And this league is a very, they do an amazing job of number one, making the game fun for the kids, which I think is great. But number two, it's very character driven. Um, Like they are very upfront and honest with the parents immediately at the very first practice of, if we hear anything negative come out of your mouth, we're going to kick you out. And, and so they don't deal with with any of the any of that um, BS, I guess you could say, um, which I've loved about the league. But one of the coaches came up to me and said, man, Mike, you're like really quiet on the sidelines. And I thought you were going to be a little bit more intense. And I said, why? And he goes, because you're a college coach. And I said, no, I'm going to be probably the best parent you've ever had because I am a college coach. Um, and I think I've had that, that advantage of being able to see some of the things that you know, as a club coach or a college coach that I didn't like that parents did. Uh, And just knowing like, I don't want to be that parent. Um, And so I think that's been a massive advantage for me to be honest, but um, which then in turn, I think has allowed me to enjoy their experience. Like it's, it's allowed me to enjoy watching them develop, whether they have succeeded or failed. Like I can, I'll be totally honest with you. There was like, there was a game. I remember where right at the end of the game, Cooper throws like a pick six, right? And, um, and the coach comes up to me before the last drive of the game and says, because they're still young kids, right? Like Cooper, I think at the time was like seven years old. And he goes, Hey, do you care if I put the ball back in Cooper's hands and let him throw it to try to win the game? And I said, dude, you, whatever you feel like is best for the team, you do what you need to do. And he goes, yeah, I just don't want to crush him. Like if he throws another interception, whatever. And I, I was like, listen, he's going to learn a very, very valuable lesson either way. <laughs> either he's going to learn the lesson of resilience or he's going to learn how to deal with failure either way he's going to learn a very valuable lesson um so that part for me has been really has been a, has been a lot of fun to just take a step back and see how they deal with direction how they deal with successes how they deal with failures um and it's been the thing that I think I've I've really probably appreciated the most um, because I do see little things that maybe we've worked on at home, and I'm not talking about sports-specific things. I'm talking about like personality traits and appreciation and saying please and thank you, things like that. I've seen those things translate into other environments, and I think those are those small little moments where, where as a parent, we all need them. Where you're like, okay, like this is really hard being a parent, but I'm doing, I'm doing a decent job. You know, like my kids are good kids. They're respectful. They they work hard. They're appreciative. Um that stuff's been a lot of fun to watch. So it's it's been it's been the best part about being a dad is watching them kind of find themselves, I think. Um
0: uh yeah, isn't it interesting? I was I was just thinking about it. Isn't it interesting that we've all encountered parents that uh all four of us throughout our throughout our coaching careers have all encountered parents that were like, yeah, that's that seems like the person I would I would want my kid around, or like that's that's a good example. But we had times remember most the people that were like, "That's definitely what I'm not going to do." <laughs> I just think it's interesting. Like, I feel like that's that's one of the things that, as soon as I got married and we started thinking about kids and stuff like that, that's one of the things I felt become. I became more self more aware of what was going on around me. Of like, don't do this. All right, don't do don't do that. All right, there's another one that I can I'd cross that off the list. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> like little things like that. Uh, by the way, I think I remember the the name um uh Fields. I think it was Trey.
2: And that does sound right. But giving Trey two fingers as Mike was saying there. <laughs> he's definitely from North Carolina. So it we'll was Trey from to... the wasn't it Trey from the
0: Fay or something like that? Trey from the Bay.
2: from Fayetteville? Yeah, maybe. From
1: Fayetteville, there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh that's Wayne's stomping grounds right there. There you go, man. Trey from Fay holy cow i can only imagine (laughs) he Uh, probably only has two fingers if he's from um what all right let's let's uh let's dive a little deeper and i know this is this this might make uh mike potentially cry a little bit uh hopefully not that was not my intention in this episode uh man (laughs) but i but i knew it was potentially going to happen (laughs) um what is the influence um from a parent perspective that your dad's had on you um that not only influenced your ability to coach but your ability to to be a parent because both of you have a very uh distinct uh similarity which is both of your dads have coached you at one point or another or oh, actually no Mike's no Mike your dad refused to coach you yeah mm-hmm. never mind that was a <laughs> that was a thing but fields your dad coached you but not in soccer um so uh what is that what is that what is that relationship like
3: and what lessons did you did you kind of pick up from that? Oh um, I I have a great relationship now with my dad for sure. It was not always that way um which was by design. I learned that as I as I got older and especially I think after college as I as I became a parent that that my dad's way of parenting me was honestly what was probably best for me. Um, it's probably it's what I needed. Um, so like I needed him to not coach me. <laughs> I learned that later in life um but he's also been single-handedly the biggest influence in 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 my entire life w- without a doubt um because you know what, even when he wasn't coaching me, he was still he was still coaching me. I mean, not necessarily maybe in within the game, but I don't think I've ever been around a person who could who taught the macro things like, as I mentioned before, like the big life things, I, I've never been around somebody who taught those things better than my, than my father. And I was very fortunate to be able to witness that not only with myself, but I also witnessed it, like with how he dealt with some of my friends when I was growing up and just these little tidbits of advice that he would give people. And um, you know, he, he is somebody who i did not recognize it when i was younger but it has always been keenly aware of the importance of relationships and believing in people um and i would say there's probably a thousand times in my life where i felt like i let my dad down at times but he always saw the best in me and i don't think it was because he was just a naive parent being like well i i love my kid i think it was because he actually saw that i was capable of better or capable of more Um, and so without a doubt, he's, he's, he's been the driving force in in everything. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I was a far, far, far better baseball player growing up than I was a soccer player. And the only reason why I chose to pursue soccer, um, was because of my dad, um, because I knew it was something that he was passionate about and I wanted to share that with him. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's been by far the biggest, the biggest influence in me and, maybe not necessarily because of what he did off the field, but because of how he helped mold me as a person or not because of what he did on the field, but because of how he helped mold me, mold me as a person off the field fields. What about Bill Brown?
2: Oh man, you're going to get me, uh, get me thinking about a lot of stories. I don't know if I, if I <laughs> should share. Um, but no, I think that's the first thing I'll preface by saying is that, uh, and I hope that my son's the same way. I think, You have to have those ebbs and flows and and developments in your relationship with your father as a son and i think having a girl and then having uh having a boy and a girl i think has given me a little bit different perspective um their their relationship i both of them individually is different than mine but um i think as i said earlier aiden and i constantly butt heads and i think it was the same way with my dad but i think as mike said like single-handedly the person outside of Kelly and maybe use T-Bass and depend on times of friends, like person I call first person, I, even though I know I'm going to get the advice I may not want to hear or things I don't want to know about, or don't really pertain to what um, maybe the situation was, but it's also 85% of the time because he is a coach and still coaching and has been involved in, you know, high school and um, you know, youth stuff. It's, it, it's been, Um, the person that probably at least dictates a lot of my decisions, or at least supports a lot of my decisions. And I think it's gotta be probably pretty cool, you know, to have a coach and then have a kid that's a coach. Um, because I think it's, you've been through some of those situations before 45 years as a teacher. And, um, you know, obviously I thought it was really cool. What Mike said, like the influence, I think you can tell, like. My dad's just being an asshole. Or sorry. I can't, I can't say. No, oh, you you're good. you good. But uh, my dad's <laughs> tough on me. My dad's, my dad's, my dad makes life hard. I mean, I remember like a stretch of my junior year. My dad wasn't my soccer coach, but we started a JV team at my high school. And the first person they thought could do it would be my dad, just because he'll be there anyway. And he'll remind me that he wanted to, jv conference championship and uh (laughs) you know i didn't all of his exercises which i think are classic like he's a basketball guy but all of his exercises were nothing but transition games and set pieces. (laughs) which i mean that's what they won from right like he literally was so good and like like three on two two on one like basketball drills you know Purization was off a little bit, I would say. Um, <laughs> he was but, uh, he was coaching futsal on outdoor before yeah, anybody was. <laughs> exactly, but um you know like that year he was my he was around when I was a, uh, a high school soccer team and then he was my t- I played high school tennis as well and so um that was his area that's his best area probably as a as a player and a coach but um it was hard and I had him in class and so and I was sixteen and I could only like go back and think these are the some of the things that go in my head but. Again, if I don't give my dad a hard time and I think about the influence he had on other people um, and how our house was a place where people hung out and how he developed relationships with players and friends of mine in a way that is extremely unique. And I think that those are the things that like now as I've gotten to be a dad, I I think I'm a less hard on my dad. Um, I certainly appreciate his what he's given me. uh, But I think. The part that makes me really appreciate what he is is like, he's a very value centric coach. Um, he's very much consistent in his, uh, in his ways, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but most of the time good. And I think when you're coaching and you believe in what you do and you believe in how you do it, and you have, I think that there's a uniqueness to that. So, um, I'm sure he'll hear this at some point. Uh, I really appreciate what he's been able to do for me as a coach. Um, You guys have supported me as friends in in this profession, but I think he's kind of been the person kind of behind the scenes. And the one funny story I'll tell about my dad that Sebastian was witness for um, (laughs) is that we had a team lose in the National President's Cup final. And uh, Sebastian was supposed to be on his honeymoon, but instead he (laughs) decided to come down and take part him and Brittany's newlyweds eight years ago and um week after a week, after, a week after we time? got married. Yeah, a week after you got married, uh, made a three hour drive down. But and by the way, you had to make it back just in time for that uh Germany Argentina final because that was this that was later that afternoon too, wasn't it? No I, Saturday, was, I think you played that Saturday and the final was oh, okay. on Sunday. Anyway. Point being We were, we're only there double. for one night. <laughs> we lose in double overtime. And there was a penalty to lose it on, which was a definite penalty. Uh, by the way, by the way,
0: I was uh, I was sitting next to Bill Brown and and Fields' sister
2: the entire time. It was it was, it was really fun. I can imagine. Uh, but Mike, he's in Dwayne, my dad, at the the game, referee you know calls his penalty like hundred eighteenth minute, and it was a penalty, and we lose two one to a, a much better side, and my dad standing at the midfield line as like the referees and are walking off. And I see him slowly start to kind of pop up over the crowd. And he's like, he's, I see his eyes. He's going after this referee. And I'm like, and I just screamed. I was like, dad, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's over. And it was a penalty. There is no question about it. You know, of course on the sideline, I'm arguing it. Cause you're in the game, yeah. but I knew, I knew good and well as a penalty, but that's the kind of stuff like my dad and my sister drove down for a week and spent that week with me when we were in that tournament. And, uh, it was, that's the kind of support I think. And it's like, I think he didn't, he just did that out of his uh, natural fatherly instincts to protect his kids. But, uh, I, I remember that story in good and bad. Um, but I do think it's something that like, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be the person, like, as you mentioned, Mike, like, I wouldn't be the person I am without my dad. And, um, If he's listening, we always talks about all the good qualities come from my mom's side and all the bad qualities come from his side, but (laughs) there's a lot of really good qualities I I get from him. And, uh, I wouldn't be where I am in this profession if it wasn't for him. So appreciate it. Um, that's, that's awesome. And I've, I've gotten to meet Bill Brown
0: and, and, uh, and Bill's, uh, Bill's a, Bill's a really cool person. Uh. And I heard a lot of fun stories during Fields' wedding uh, about Bill Brown, because uh, a lot of his uh, high school friends and, and his friends growing up uh, were also coached by Bill. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and for me, I think it's it's really interesting because you've both gotten to be my dad. Um, and you know the influence that he has on me and and now my ability to the, the pleasure or the We've always bonded over soccer. Soccer was always the bond that we that we had um, <clears throat> over the years. You know, between me playing, him coaching once for one half a season. He was the assistant coach or something like that, and he did not enjoy it. It was not great. Uh, um, but but outside of that, just me playing, the support from that standpoint, or at times the the, the like I think going back to what Mike said, the ability to let me fail um, or realize that that I, I wasn't good enough because i didn't want to be good enough and him being like that's on you like you're you're putting yourself in that situation um or or pushing me when i needed to from that from a school perspective or academic standpoint um to then you know him becoming a referee to basically spend more time with me um and that was something we did together for a long time and then him continue to do it by himself when i left or florida or when i quit uh when I quit uh refereeing and he continued to do it. And now in Delaware, he continues to do it, even though um, I don't, I'm not a referee anymore. But now the last two years or three years convincing him to basically come to games with me and do all these things. And now all of a sudden, him talking to me more and more on the sidelines. And I'm I'm just basically going like, Hey, just, just be a coach, right? Like just become a coach with me. Um, it was funny, we went to West Virginia. Actually, it comes up. It came up to uh, my Facebook memories today. Uh, six years ago, we went to, or seven years ago, we went, six or seven years ago, we went to West Virginia for President's Cup, and uh, and I remember him calling me at halftime of a game, and he was he was on the he was on the parent side, sitting there at midfield, and he's literally on the phone, and I'm like looking at my phone, and I'm like, and I'm looking across the field, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like he's like pointing at the phone, like pick up, pick up, pick up. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, what, what is it? Like, are you, are you OK? And he goes, their line is really high. You can hit the ball over and you won't be offsides. His referee is not going to call anything. He looks like he's about to pass out. <laughs> <I was>
2: like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so those little things like that to them, be, to then him being on the sideline with me now. And then like him, him at times going after referees, kind of like what it what, what feels is telling about Bill. Um, my dad going after referees and telling them they need to be more professional. And he has this thing about referees not tucking their shirts in and all these little things like that. And he points at them for doing that um, to now, you know, he's coaching with me and Duane with the, with the diamonds team. And um, it was first, it was funny. My first, our first practice this summer, I said, listen, my dad's also going to be the coaches as he was literally walking up, and I didn't know he was coming to practice um, and I was like, my dad's extremely quiet. He won't talk to probably any of you, and if he does, it'll be very individually. Uh, but I believe me, he's watching, and he'll talk to me and Duane, uh, which is kind of what he does. My dad walks around practice. He he collects soccer balls, and uh, he'll sit on the opposite side of where we are sometimes because he'll watch it from a different angle. Um, but I think, and this leads my next to my next question. I think one of the biggest things that my dad passed on to me um, was the passion. For a team um obviously all all of you know that i'm a big boca juniors fan um and i think i wouldn't have had that without my dad and and the influence that he's had on me from that standpoint but what did uh what did your dad pass on to you i know fields uh you have the big unc uh fandom from that standpoint and and then what are you passing on to your son or and and your daughter uh what do you what are you passing on to them because i i know i know where goes so i just wanted you to talk about it and then mike we'll go with you
2: Ah, uh, yeah i mean i think um he passed on to me uh you know obviously unfortunately being born into a, a, a family that you didn't ever get it. you talk you hear about people that choose different teams to support than their parents <laughs> i don't think i was ever really given a chance that's <laughs> it um you couldn't be a fan of that other school no, you couldn't you Couldn't be the, a friend of that school nine miles down the road or any other school to be in fact, but I, I, think, I think it's, you know, it's cool. Um, this past, uh, December, we took my, my aunt passed last summer and I kind of pretty quickly and unexpectedly, and, um, we took all t- 25 family members and met right before a couple of days before Christmas. And, uh, went and saw North Carolina play Michigan in uh, Charlotte and, uh, for a basketball game and it was a, t- a terrible experience in regards to buying tickets and taking really young children into games at nine o'clock at night or whatever it was, and spending hundreds hundred dollars on tickets and not even making it to halftime. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it was cool because that's a bond that our family has. Right. And I think that's something like we had 25 people, um, you know, all together cousins, aunts and uncles and stuff. And so it was really cool. Um, certainly passed that on, you know, Aiden, uh for me and aiden like this year was cool because it's the first time like uh he's kind of been able to of he doesn't watch the games as you know but he, at least he likes he likes to have the games on so Barma jersey he's loved he loves wearing his jersey and but doesn't really watch the game but i think it's cool to have that kind of thing to to share with your kids and um traditions and, and those kind of things like we use our arsenal coffee mugs on game day. And so pour orange juice into his and, and coffee into mine. And that that's his sign of knowing it's a, it's a day of games and um, he loves singing. So uh, I've taught him, or well, I was singing one day uh, an arsenal song and now that's his favorite. I'll send it over to everybody afterwards. It's a, uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's <horrendous. laughs> he'll sing it in the bathtub. He'll sing it when he wakes up, he'll sing it when there's not a soccer game going on. Um, if he hears certain words that makes him remember it, uh, he sings a couple other songs too, but, um, yeah, no, I think it's what my dad passed on to me was, was passion for, for life. And I think that's passion. I think my dad's really good about quotes. He's a history guy too. And like, I think the things he, has shared. And, and he was heavily influenced by Dean Smith. I mean, my dad played basketball, in Carolina. And when he quit playing, um, on the JV team there, he ended up keeping stats and was a part of it. And that's how he got into coaching. But I think the stuff that he says like about coach Smith and what coach Smith always said, like similar to what he's passed on to me into what what why he loves sports is, you know, sports don't build character. They reveal it. Um, and it's about the, the journey, not the destination. I mean, all the things that we've all heard and, and put on the, the whiteboards and try to use for motivation. Um, but I think that's truly who my dad is. And then I think that's what's passed on to me about not only coaching, but I think about just sports in general, like, you know, I, long conversations at halftime when Carolina's down 15 points in basketball, but we have no influence on that, but I think it's something <laughs> that bonds us together. And I think it's something that, um, you know, again, All of us have a team or something that we enjoy following to help us kind of get through life or have the support through life. But I think that's the one thing to me that stands out that I hope that my kids take on and and the players I work with take on is like, sports are really unique. And I think that as Mike said earlier, if, if your kid is a really good, you know, involved in chess or, you know, dabble in playing music, those are all great things. Or you mentioned Ethan could be an individual sport great. But I think there's things like that sports teach that other thing and other things can teach outside of sports, right? So I think that that to me, that's the one thing I hope my kids pick up on is 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 having that passion and having something that you support and you learn tough life lessons and you go through those things. And then when you have those moments of joy, if it's finishing second in the league, you can be happy about that too. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um Mike, what about you? yeah I mean, um, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from my dad has been his generosity with his time. um, you know, I, I'd love to say that we had like any type of traditions growing up or things like that. but, you know, my mom and my dad both worked a lot, um, and so but all I know is that when my dad wasn't at work, he was with us. Like that's, that's where he was. Uh, he wasn't anywhere else when he wasn't, my dad was a teacher, a longtime teacher also. And, and, um, when he wasn't at work, he was, he was with us, whether that was us doing work together in the backyard, uh, and digging holes. Sometimes I feel like for the fun of it, uh, in his <laughs> eyes, um, or, you know, whether that was taking us to a field and playing whatever sport it was, um at the time, you know, he just, he was, he was generous with his time in that way. And, um, I think that's the thing that I, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Sebastian about like my passion to be around my kids. Um, I think that's where it comes from is that like, sometimes I I don't necessarily always feel like I need to be doing something with my kids. Like I'm not the kind of person that feels like I have to entertain my kids 24 seven. Um, but, to be passionate about spending time with your loved ones, even if that is just being in the same room together, or even if that is just going out to a field and letting Easton go here doing his thing and Cooper go over there doing his thing. And maybe I'm reading a book on the bench, but we're all in the same place at the same time. Um, you know, I think I think that's what I got from my dad. And, and I can say from firsthand experience more recently, you know, my dad has always been like the pillar of health <laughs> his entire life, right? um he was a high level athlete he you know fought in vietnam he had this amazing life i swear to god he's like the doseki's most interesting man in the world um he's got these crazy stories about all the shit that he's done he immigrated to this country you know stuff like that and then randomly out of nowhere a week after i lose my job at delaware he has a stroke and it comes out of nowhere i mean the dude has the full mediterranean diet and he's lean and he's riding his bike 10 miles a day and all of a sudden he has a stroke and It affects everything. Um, And now I'm in a position where I'm moving down to Charlotte with my family. My mom and dad have been their entire lives in New Jersey. And now I'm so lucky we're going to move them down to Charlotte with us. And we're all going to be living in the same house together. Um, And I think it's because we recognize the importance, all of us, especially me now, uh, with everything that my dad's gone through, the importance of spending time together. And and how, you know, my dad's older, my dad's, you know, in his late 70s. And um, I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with him. Um, And I want my kids to be able to spend as much time as they possibly can with their grand, their grandfather, because, you know, less than a year ago, I sat by him in a while he was in a hospital bed, holding his hand, watching Portugal play, which is my dad's Portuguese. And that's always been a passion of his. And I didn't even know if we were going to get to the next day. And, um, so I don't want to waste any, I don't want to waste any days. I don't want to be away from him if I don't have to be. Um, and I don't, I certainly don't want my kids to be away from him if they don't have to be. I think that was the biggest thing I took from my dad was, was the importance to be around your family and to be supportive of your family and then that, that doesn't necessarily and we all know this because we all have old school parents that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be this positive like way to go sport. Uh yeah. it, it could definitely be something that you don't want to hear in the moment. But um but you have your you have your family's back and um yeah I mean I, I don't know where I would be without without having taken those lessons from him and and that's something that I try to instill in Cooper and Eason all the time. You know, like they're young and they're um close in age, right? So they can get after each other (laughs) sometimes. Um, but I always am constantly reminding them like this is the only brother you have and this is this is your family. And you know, you have all these friends in the neighborhood, but you need to treat him the best. And you need to always have his back. Uh, you know, and vice versa. And so it's been um and that's definitely something I got from from my dad for sure. So
0: Duane, you got any questions before we start wrapping up?
1: No, I don't have
3: anything. Seems interesting. I got, I got a question, Sebastian. When, when, when are we going to do like a whole separate podcast on what happened la- last night with the U.S.?
1: Uh, I mean, you know Mike's the U.S. You know Mike's the U.S. national team guy. Dude,
3: I got, I, I got, all, I got, I got all my notes right here, man.
1: <laughs> He's like literally the guy you got to bring on after every U.S. national team game. He's got to come in, and he loves
0: it. Uh we can do here. I'll, I'll let's do this. Why don't we do one after the final and we'll do a whole wrap up on the on the Nations League?
2: How's that? Does that work? Um yeah. I have to yeah. share that I had to watch that on a little bit of a delay last night, even though we're on uh, a later delay than you guys as far as time. That was late. I was already and asleep. I was already <laughs> asleep. I watched the highlights this morning. But- but I, I, I waited for Kelly to come down to watch it and then uh I missed it. I missed the, uh, second goal and then, uh, I was like 10 30 at our time. And I was like, I'm going to bed and I was like, all right, I'm gonna fast forward it to see what happened now that we're up to zero. I was just, I feel comfortable. And sure enough, I went to live time and it was three and a man down. I didn't realize they, I didn't even see what happened. So I'm looking forward to later seeing all the, the red cards oh, yeah. and all the crazy last 10, 15 minutes of that game. But, uh, yeah, i w I'm, I was when it gets into it, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the 60 minutes I watched. I thought that was impressive from us. So yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that too. <laughs> I mean, we can do we can do a quick recap. I mean,
0: so it's three-nothing. Um 99 nine nine to
1: finish. 99 no. at the 99 yeah. at
2: the end. You go into it, I and mean, you haven't thought about it. this. Is where the coaching course we could throw back on the highest levels is like you've been prepared at your coaching courses, you're down a man or up a man. But never has a game gone mm-hmm. to a nine v nine setup that I've ever had to be at a coaching course. You, you've been playing a four three three. Now you had two people sent off, and they've had two people sent off. What is your new formation?
1: Two blocks of four. You <laughs> <blocks to> four. play <laughs> four, four. four four. Well, the U.S. was in like a four three one or something. They still had a forward.
3: They were in like a four three one or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think they went to a four three one at the end. Yeah, no. you,
1: well, gotta, you still, way, you still gotta so have those he, lines.
3: You know what I mean. So as
1: you can't just go yeah, yeah. four four is cool, but you still gotta have a defense mid block, and yeah, uh, you, you need to line. be able to have
0: four lines that you can actually play through and stuff, right? Yeah, you, gotta, you still gotta play through that target forward to attack. Ricardo Pepe has to be able to touch the ball somehow.
1: <laughs> well, it's good they sub someone fresh on because I mean, can you imagine that with there's still the the old rule with the three substitutions? Like the five substitutions really helped out that situation, but if you only had three, like after you make the like, I think they subbed off Miles Robinson before one of the red cards. Like you're kind of like in a tough situation. On what do you what do you do?
0: And and could you imagine if if on your if on your nine remaining players, one of them was Bradley and the other one was Josie outdoor No, oh, you're really you play have, with seven. Playing with seven and a half. <laughs>
1: Josie's Josie's hamstring is not going to hold on too long, is it?
0: By the so, way, Dwayne du- and I saw Josie Osador when the Philadelphia Union played the New England Revolution. Uh, he may have had the longest warm-up of anybody I saw, I've ever ever seen. And he, I left before he even came on the field. He also didn't wear the
3: same like warm-up outfit as everybody else. He had on full-on sweatpants. Well, he's not wearing any warm-up outfit now, so... <laughs> He got he got his contract bought out, so he's he's oh he's oh, out he, oh he's out oh but yeah there well, you go well there you go and where and by the way where was that warm up before the 2014 World Cup that's like that's the warm up he should have been doing then <laughs> S- <laughs> S- says uh, Jurgen Klinsmann somewhere in the ether <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Bruce Arena said you should have kept me around <laughs> um, all right so before before we wrap up. Um, thank you obviously to, to both of you for coming on today um i've i feel like you're you're two of the people that that have heavily influenced not only my my coaching career um but just my life in general i feel like I, i'm lucky to to have both of you in my life and in in a position where i get to talk to you on a daily basis or text with you on a daily basis and things like that and we get to catch up about life and, and i think that's the most important part obviously like we get to talk about soccer but but uh but these last seven months for me have been really tough and interesting and trying to figure out what i'm doing with my life and changing my potential or not potentially actually changing a little bit of my career um having you know make the decision to to kind of step away from the club coaching world um for a little bit in um in its literal sense of coaching in a club team. Um uh but both of you have I feel like have always not only supported me and but given given me the support from a coaching standpoint and from the from the life lessons and just the the life perspective. You know, I started out with fields and and I'll still and I'll talk about this till till I no longer coach. Um and Dwayne knows this about me in general because he's coached with me for a long time now. Um, one of my one of the biggest influences that Fields has had on me has not yes, I learned a lot from a soccer standpoint, but this idea of being around each other. Um, everybody around here likes the fact that I put schedules together for for tournaments and, and things like that of all the entire club. And I was like, that all started with Fields. That's all started with hey, Fields going, Hey, can you put together a schedule? Because I feel like we, you know, we have this group text message every time we go to a tournament. Um, and you know, my first tournament, I remember we were in, we were in Johnson city, we're up in tri cities and, and I was coaching for the first time in Knoxville football club. Um, and Fields texted me and he goes, Hey, how was your game? Um, and I think I had, I had two games. I think I only had one team at the time. So I was coaching two games and you know, the three or four hour gap in between. And he was like, well, why don't you, why don't you come over to my game in between? And, and I was like, "Oh, Oh, okay, sure. And like, I went and sat down and automatically, you know, sat down next to him. You know introduce like make sure that everybody said hi and i you know i knew all the players and things like that and we automatically started talking about the game and i think from that point on it's the that drive of wanting to be around others when they coach and and can you coach around other people and can you can you sit in each other's games and can you go to tournaments together and and the and all that stuff and um and with mike it's been it's been that you know this last three months coaching with with them on the field five days a week um and getting to talk about our day kind of the 20 or 30 minutes before practice started and, and catching up on life and, um, and in general, just, just talking, you know, during practice or, or during games, um, about life and, um, and, you know, I've gotten to obviously meet your families and, and things like that. And that's always been really fun. So I just want to show you, or I just want to tell you that how much I appreciate that. I, um, it's been, it's been a really, really rewarding for me to, to have you guys in my life and, um, and I'm, I hopefully I'm a better person because of it. <laughs>
2: um, so thank, thank you, man. Uh, it's been cool to, to get on today to talk, but more importantly, it's been fun to be friends and, and develop a relationship. That's just not it's, coaching started that relationship, obviously. Yeah. And I think that's what we find out is coaching. You know, we just like players, the players we're coaching, we're going through a lot of, experiences and and off-field situations and um that's what you rely on your teammates for as a player that's what you rely on colleagues for in this profession because even though you might be leading people as, far as certainly now coming here and, and stepping into a new role and, and, and having a uh, being in charge of something like as much as you are involved in leading, leading, it's also, it gets lonely at the top. And I think mm-hmm. you need support and you need outside sources. And I think it's been good that having people to, to be there along the way. But, um, in regards to, you know, just the fact of being friends with you and, and being friends with Mike and, and getting to know Dwayne, like it is cool that, that, that a, a passion or a career has brought people together.
0: oh no I think everybody froze all at the same time
2: um
1: all right hopefully um, but I think yeah, there's Kelly threw things. some uh shade in the Mother's Day episode about your chef
2: skills oh um, my yeah that th- that's why I brought <laughs> that in there I I'm certainly out, the that out there you know it's kind of like what what do we say in the in the in the plane that there's piano players and piano movers right yeah in the kitchen, there's the, uh, in our house, there's the, the A team, which is the prep and cooking. And then there's the B team, which is the cleanup. And I've made myself the captain of the, uh, of the B team. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> you can't cook then at least you can clean. Right. So, um, and if you can't clean I think you just, I don't know what happens there, but, um, cut. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, 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 thanks for having Sebastian. And it's been great to, get on here and talk about influences in our life and talk about what is tough to be, to be a parent and to be a dad and to be a coach and to have this as your career. Um, but I do think it's really unique at the same time as we've shared. And, um, I had a notebook here and I was just taking some notes from wisdom, from, from Mike and and from you. And I think it's cool just to take away little tidbits each day and, and what makes us stay in this. And, um, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here and to know you and have you as a a friend and uh, a colleague. So thank you for having me on today. Appreciate it,
3: Fields. I'm glad that I'm glad that you could take some tidbits of wisdom from me because I think the last wisdom I shared with you was how to joust with a plastic tree in the hallway of a apartment building. So <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was a separate trip,
2: and that was awesome. That was pre kids. That was fifteen years ago.
3: Okay, <laughs> that was a that was a long time ago. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Sebastian, I, I, you know, I know I put a lot of this in in the words that I said at the team banquet last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm incredibly thankful for for you and. For getting to know you over the last over the last few years and for the opportunity especially that you gave me with this team um with the odessa ducks over over the past three months because it's been transformational for for me and it was exactly without me ever knowing it it was exactly what i needed at exactly the right time um and i will forever be grateful for for that opportunity Um, so you mean you mean the world to me um and being able to be here and, and be a guest on the podcast and, you know, connect with Dwayne and, and reconnect with Fields. And it's it's just been... I think our business can be cutthroat at times. And we think maybe it's a little bit more important than it actually is, right? And so we we, we start to compare and we start to compete. and uh, And I think we forget that this can be an inclusive thing also. Um, and we can share ideas and we can have open conversations. And it doesn't mean that one coach has to be, has to be better than another, or one way of doing it is better than another, that there's just a, there's a thousand different ways to skin a cat and you, and we can all learn from each other. And I think that's been the best part about, about this for me is that I guess the change that I've had in my mentality, especially over the last three months of, I don't need to go into everything that has to do with coaching feeling like I constantly have to compete. Um, I can just go in and I can learn or I can just go in and I can um, share what I have, but then also take in from others and enjoy myself. And that's okay. Um, Not everything has to be a win or a loss. And it took me a long time to realize that, to be honest. So I appreciate that. That's huge. Um, Well, I mean, go ahead, ahead, Dwayne. No, I was just gonna say,
1: man, Mike just killed my dreams. Everything's about winning and losing for me. <laughs> I guess that's when well, you have kids, right? Well, that's I was you just have...
0: gonna say. I was just gonna say. I was gonna say. I mean, Dwayne, I think now, I mean, it's your turn, right? Like you gotta. Basically, the
1: message is: once you have kids, it's not about winning and losing, right?
0: No, you just think about other people a little bit more. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's a
1: little bit of what it is. You got, uh, other, you got other humans you got to take care of.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, you're you got you got another human life form you gotta you gotta figure out how
3: to take care of for the first couple of years before they're actually running around on their own. You know, you know what's what's funny, Dwayne, and I, I think this is maybe the best way that I can sum it up for me personally is that you know over 20 years of coaching at all different levels. If somebody were to ask me about individual wins and losses, I mean, I I don't know if I remember a whole heck of a lot of them, to be honest, but I remember the moments that I shared with the people around us, right? Like, I think, listen, like in 2016, when we, when we beat, sorry, Fields, but when we beat UNC at UNC, like that was an amazing moment. And that is a game that I'll, that I'll never forget. But, you know, if you were to ask me something specific that happened in the games, it'd be really hard for me to pin down like these individual moments, but I do remember turning around and like giving Tim a big hug because we had been through a lot of NC state and trying to build that program. And this was a pinnacle moment for us. And I remember what it was like when Tim and I were hugging each other and we were like, man, we, we finally have, we finally got to this place. Mm -hmm. Um, That I remember. And, and so I think the wins and losses at some point in time, they will just become a fuzzy memory, but, but the way that you feel about certain moments, you'll never forget that.
0: There you go. Well, thanks so much, guys. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, Dwayne. Um, uh, let's quickly, before we get to player of the match, I want to wrap up on, I want to talk about th- two different things. Uh, one, um, Nations League. Man. UEFA, UEFA Nations League. UEFA about the UEFA-U8 UEFA Nations League? Uh, uh, well, Canada beat Panama, huh? No, Canada I talking about beat... UEFA Nations
1: League. Oh, 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 sorry, I thought you meant
0: UEFA Nations League first, yeah, yeah, you know, Nations League first, Spain? Croatia beating the Netherlands four to two, um, going into extra time, um, but but Croatia gets it done and back in the final, um, and then on the other side of it, it was Spain against Italy and Spain getting the uh. Getting the big win in the last two minutes of the game against Italy. Um,
1: Somebody scored in like the third minute in that game, didn't they?
0: Yes, yes, Spain. Yeah, because Donnarumma and Bonucci couldn't figure out how to play out of the back, and then it just became an absolutely absolute disaster. Um, but but yeah, big big games there. So that final happens on Sunday, two forty five. Um, Spain against Croatia, third place. Uh, Netherlands against um, Italy. So, yeah. All right. Well, now let's talk about the U.S. men's national team on the CONCACAF Nations League. So, Panama loses to Mexico, or sorry, to Canada. Canada. To Canada. And um, the other semifinals. What was the score of that game? 2 0. Alfonso uh, Davies, I think Jonathan David scored. Yeah. And then you have usa against mexico in in what i think is one of the younger us men's national team squads to i mean oldest player is um matt Matt turner Turner, matt turner the oldest player at 28 years old Um, at least least on the on the starting 11 on the starting 11 the oldest player on the team is still walker zimmerman i think sean johnson sean johnson uh sean johnson's 34 yeah but at least that played that played was walker Summers <laughs> he
1: only played because
0: of the situations that occurred during the game yeah for sure the right cards and everything else but you're talking about a mid-20s to late mid to early 20s national team
1: yeah i mean pulisic is still only 24.
0: pulisic is 24 and being and he's one of the older players in that starting 11 he's basically <laughs> i think he's actually oh no um Miles Robinson is 26. Oh okay. uh, god. Chris Richards. Well, from an experience standpoint. Yeah. Chris Richards, 23. Uh Jedi Robinson, 25. Uh Eunice Musa still 20 years old. Yeah, he just turned 20 during the World Cup, remember? Weston McKinney's 24. Uh Tim is 23. Um Gio Reyna, still 20 years old. Um, and then you got Balago- Balagoon. Um, for Furlan, right?
1: Lauren, I don't know. I'm gonna for go more in like Wale. You know, Wale, Polarn, the rapper. <laughs> I know Wale. You know, Wale? Well, you probably listen to Wale. What, what, is that a good thing? Or, no, that's a good thing. I can just see that could be the type of rap you kind of listen to. <laughs> bumping some Wale. We <laughs> I mean, like that Rick Ross playlist I played last year. I did. I do like Rick Ross. Yeah, Rick Ross is. I need some good beats. Into it,
0: that's that's what I need in my life.
1: Now let's to Zaitovin. Zaitovin's
0: always got to good beats. But back to the back to the back to the soccer. Game. Uh, okay. Florian, Florian, it's twenty one years old. Um, so you're talking about a team that, that in three years, if they qualify for the World Cup, that's a that's an eleven that is still relatively. They're all in One prom. player over thirty. You'll have yeah. one player over thirty years old at that point in three years. Might not. I
1: don't know. I mean, there's a good goalkeeper at Chelsea. He'll be on his way up fighting for a spot. But,
0: but realistically, goalkeepers, 28 to 31 is like the prime for a goalkeeper. So yeah. Matt Turner would be at his prime. He just needs to find consistency within the game. But but outside of that, I mean, like um, scored three really good goals. Uh, Timothy Wea, Timothy Weah, I think, needs to be in the starting lineup every time. I've been saying this for years, and I'm just happy that he's he's in there should have had four goals huh should have had four um Lawrence huh? had, um, had his first goal Pulisic was close to getting the hat trick as well uh had, then I Weston had McKinney had. Weston McKinney gets uh thrown out of the game which a weird <laughs> mentally sure how he, what you he got, did outside of the fact that he kissed his jersey is that the reason why he got thrown out
1: he got thrown out because he took his shirt off and he was already on a yellow
0: he took his shirt off because his shirt was ripped.
1: No, nah, man, I think, you know, the referee had a day. We hate to talk about referees, but that guy truly had a day, man. Um, when, he seemed overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, listen, the 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 first red card from the Mexico player, 100% a red card, no doubt about it. But, like, I think there were some things leading up to that where it was like, getting chippier, 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 and then that kind of was the over, like, that kind of put it, over the edge yeah um and when you know this does happen right on the mexico sideline like the the foul was on the right off the mexico sideline in the middle yeah. of the field so there's players there but he gets his she sur- got surrounded but like yeah when weston mckinney gets surrounded trying to protect his guy and like gets like jumped by eight players like come on man like you you got it like sure you put you put his hands around the neck Red card or whatever but like to not see that the whole mexico bench gets carded or, or like nothing happens to them it's kind of just like yeah oh, come on now nah, it's tough and, uh, and then that kind of leads into what happened with you know Sergio dust right yeah. like it's a throw it's his throat win mexico picks up the ball and tries to throw the ball in and then he gets attacked by two guys yeah and like again when you get attacked like you know, i'm gonna just sit there and take it and you're getting beer thrown at
0: you by i mean it was it was Probably fifty-fifty, Mexico and U.S. Well, and at one point the game stopped because of uh, some racial things that were said and and this, some discriminatory, discriminatory well, chants. Well, the game ended because of discriminatory chants too. Yeah,
1: they love that chant, man. They love that chant. Ooh, ooh. Mexico, or Mexican US? fans. Oh, I they were doing it during the Union game too when they played. Uh-huh. The yeah, at, it was Atlas, America. No, who did they just play? They played Atlas. Oh year. yeah, 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 yeah. That was they were down there. They did the same thing. Like they yeah. love that chant during goal kicks and punts. And Matt Turner is kind of funny. He's just like, dude, do I have to play the ball? Yeah. Like, what happens if I just th- like, what happens if I throw the ball out of bounds? Like, did they not do the chant? Yeah. He was kind of disappointed too, but I mean, from a pure soccer standpoint, great game from the U.S. Like it was yeah. a good build up
0: i mean the Um, the mexico uh the mexico coach who's argentinian uh went out and said that basically they were they were outplayed like they were just completely outplayed
1: yeah well i mean when you're playing a three four three and you got guys flying in the wings and they're going three v three or four versus three because they've already beat their player you're going to be in for a long game yeah so mexico never adjusted to that um but interesting news, you know, right in the middle of the first half, the U.S. decides that they're going to bring the coach back. So it it's rumored. It's not official from what I saw. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure all they got to do is he's got to fly in and sign a piece of paper. What happens to BJ? Does he
0: does BJ just become the assistant coach at that point? BJ probably stays on staff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fire interesting. Fire. It's just interesting the fact that like what's gonna happen. Well, I think I guess the question will be what happens to Gio Reyna, right? Like, is Berhalter gonna 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 keep him on? Is Gio just gonna see himself out? Is he gonna stay? Like, it'll be interesting to see. I don't uh, think Gio Reyna should be playing right now. No.
1: Who do you think should be going in for him, Brendan? I don't think he should be in the team. Oh, oh, just in general. Like, I think that's just like I think that's something like with Gio I mean Gio is obviously wrong in this situation his parents blew it out of proportion but I just think that both sides just probably need a cooling off period for a year that's fair right and just let no, it that's like, fair. just let it go and it, it just wouldn't get talked about for a year but by the time it gets talked about it's a little bit different someone's taken his spot right if it's Brendan Aronson or someone else has taken his spot now like he's got to work for that spot like he actually has to work for that spot it goes back to what what the issue started with he wasn't working hard yeah um but I mean maybe with his hairstyle Greg Berhalter might not recognize who he is (laughs) can't miss him but he's like hey who is that
0: um yeah I mean his hair is really really bright but
1: I guess the interesting part is if Greg gets the job, does he start with the Gold Cup? Because the Gold Cup starts next week. Yeah. I mean I mean I would assume he would probably be there. Yes. Probably sitting in a booth. <laughs> sitting with Charlie Davies. He brought up a good point yesterday though. What? Um people were asking why the US doesn't just like what's they were at, talking about the budget of the head coach. Yeah, and they were like, "Why can't you get like a like?" He used the example of Jose Mourinho. He's like, "Well, Jose Mourinho is going to cost you eighteen million a year, and with the whole U.S. soccer equality fight, then you'd have to like, you're really going to end up spending like forty million a year on coaches because you have to boost the women's coach salary, right?" So they're trying to like find something within their means without like blowing up the market and saying, "Well, we're America, we're going to pay twenty million dollars for a head coach," and then. Everybody else in the world winning twenty million dollars, coach the international game. Hmm. I thought it was a good point.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I just.
1: I mean, not saying that the women's coach doesn't deserve a raise at all. Yeah, but if you're going to go out and get the hottest name in men's soccer, you already have probably the hottest name in women's soccer on your staff. But how do you justify? You know what I mean? How do you justify the two? Because the women's game just isn't there yet where they're paying coaches significant.
0: Or 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 we need to reevaluate how much we pay those top tier coaches and realizing that, do you need $18 million a year?
1: You'll get $18 million worth. Or what you think is $18 million worth.
0: But There you go, right? But like, I mean, the, the, what is it worth, right? It's worth what someone's willing to pay. If you now. say we're gonna pay nine, it's a matter of do you think you wanna pl- do- I think we need to go back to the mentality of do you want to coach the national team instead of like can we pl- can you please coach the the US national team? Right, right, help us win the world cup, or do huh? you- can you please help us win the world cup or do you want to win us? Right. Do you think you can win the world cup, or can you please help us get there? Right? Like, I think it's a matter of how you frame it, and I think the salary part, listen, whoever you're gonna bring in um realistically whoever you're going to bring in to coach the u.s men's national team isn't going to be somebody the salary is going to be enough whether you pay three million dollars a year nine or 18 it's still enough right like what what's the difference between a three million dollar coach and a nine million dollar coach at that point right like it's it's six million dollars of a difference but like it should still be the same like i guess my point is is we need, to, I think things need, I think it's the same thing with players to a certain extent, right? You're like paying hundreds of millions of dollars for players. The, the, Neymar basically ruined the entire thing for everybody.
1: Gareth Bale ruined it for everybody because he got that record transfer fee and then went
0: golfing. Um, but it was all Neymar. Neymar Neymar going to PSG ruined absolutely everything, It it threw everything way out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, when
1: you talk about the money. I mean, the money has something to do with it. I mean, you can argue that. Is Jose Mourinho a better coach than Greg Greg Berhalter?
0: I don't know. Greg Berhalter coached the national team in a World Cup. Mourinho never did. It's like you're saying the argument. It's like saying it's like saying is Pep better than. Than Berhalter, maybe I don't know because just coaching a national team is a different animal altogether. It's not the same thing. It's not the same.
1: Yeah, because Luis Enrique, I mean, I guess you could say Luis Enrique almost struggled coaching the Spain national team versus coaching at Barcelona. Because the national team is different, right? You don't
0: have the. There's a reason team. why Simeone will not leave Atletico Madrid, and even though people a lot of the times wanted him to coach the Argentine national team, he didn't want to because he wanted to have the daily the daily um, interaction with players that you don't get with a national team. Yeah, and and, you know, some of these coaches
1: probably fare better picking players to fit their system. You don't have that luxury. You have to fit the system of the best players that you have within the national team.
0: Scaloni, Scaloni wins the World Cup for Argentina not having coached in a club setting ever before. Well, we he was the assistant name. coach. He was the second assistant coach in the 2018 World Cup for Argentina.
1: Wonder, I wonder who's looking for a national team head coach. Because that might be my... Think, He's coming for that. Yeah, that might be my thing.
0: There you go. All right, let's do it.
1: All right. Uh, oh, you want to be the
0: assistant uh, coach? Yeah, man. I'll be your director of operations. Um, we already got somebody <laughs> for that. Oh, my bad. Player of the match. Who's player your of player? the
1: match. Weston McKinney, uh, you can be my player of the match if you let me get that shirt. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I'm going to
0: give it to um, Alexa Pacheco. Okay. Scoring that goal. Scoring that goal. It's good. Um, my player of the match goes out to Messi. Because he they played against Australia the other day. Um, in China for some money. Talk about some money. Yeah. Well, Messi scored in the first minute of the game or the technically a second minute, a minute and 22 seconds in to the then game. the crowd went wild. No, that was the last goal that he needed to complete having scored in all 90 minutes of a game. Oh, interesting. So this morning, I now watched this morning, I watched Messi score 90 goals, <laughs> one, one goal per, per minute of the game.
1: Well, if he goes to another World Cup and the way the stoppage time was the last World Cup, he might be able to add some accolades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh, might be able to get to the 91st, 92nd, 93rd. Yeah. I mean, it was 12 minutes of stoppage time in the U.S. and Mexico
0: game last night. It was.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but they only got about five minutes in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on this day in soccer history, June 16th, 1982, uh, England plays their first match in the World Cup uh, in the 1982 World Cup. Um, England won all three of their uh, games. This is back when the World Cup was was a little bit different. Um, this is where it was two group stages. Um, so basically they won all three of their games in the first group stage. Then they go into the second group stage which is a group of three. And out of that team, the top top, uh, top top team from each group make it to the semifinals well they actually didn't lose any games they just tied um so england uh basically tied every single tied both their games against spain and west germany uh west germany ended up being the the winners of um of that world cup again oh sorry italy won the won the 1982 world cup um against west germany but uh england the only potentially the only team let me double check that i'm before i start saying things that are cr- incorrect um jack Greelish gonna find you um no no italy italy didn't lose any games either but um um but yeah basically they yeah so germany 1982 um won their first game three to one against france so all right fair play of the week dan Simmons fair play of the week award Mine is going to go to Club Atlético Leganés uh, from, from Spain. They're in the second division, and they just announced a uh, fantastic. Oh, sorry, not Club Atlético. Club Deportivo Leganés. They just announced a fantastic uh, uh, campaign to bring in more um, more members to their club because you become a member of the club and then having season tickets, a separate thing. But for, 80, for for at least 83 pounds a year um, or a season, you can buy yourself a little uh, square of the pitch. It's an NFT. So they have 10,000 of them in the field. And then if you're, uh, depending on what happens in the game, if someone scores a goal from your little spot on the field, if someone gets a yellow card from your little spot on the field, Someone gets an assist. Someone gets the first meg of the game from your little spot on the field. If the referee ends the game from your spot on the field, you can win prizes. Uh it's a really, really cool thing. Uh I think Duane and I are trying to figure out a way to we can uh we can pull some money together and get in on the NFT game at Leganess. Uh you gotta score more goals. Yeah, I mean they they came in fourteenth. Uh they can't so.
1: be finishing a negative goal differential.
0: Yeah, so um, I think listen, man. If if we do this, I think we we become Leganes fans, um, and we root for them. We need a we need a second division uh, Spain team. We might, might be the only fans. We might be the only fans in America.
1: <laughs> All right, who's your favorite play of the week? Uh, mine is going to go out to the uh, workers cleaning up I ninety five and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, huge corridor, huge impact with that bridge collapsing. Um, from a soccer perspective, travel perspective goods perspective so they're working around the clock cleaning that up so shout out to those guys because um for not easy soccer people by the time soccer season starts we're gonna need that bridge yeah for sure
0: all right well uh thanks for joining us this week and remember always receive the ball on your front foot